0: I am Suli, I am Salem Campus Pastor, and it's uh, great to uh, worship with you again. I was here a couple of weeks ago, and it is good to be here with you, rejoicing in the Lord. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and that's the birthday of the church. When Holy Spirit came upon 120 people, they were praying together and waiting upon the Lord, and Holy Spirit just came upon the room. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they received the baptism and power and joy of the Lord. That's how church started 2,000 years ago, and church continues to grow. And we still cry out, Lord, do it again. Holy Spirit, come and fill your church, fill your city, fill our lives, so we can be the faithful followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. So it is a great joy to worship with you on this Pentecost Sunday. So, uh, kind of along with this Pentecost Sunday, we have been talking about revival for the last couple of Sundays. So, sermon series is Gathering Wood. Gathering Wood is about preparing ourselves for revival, for transforming lives. Transforming our lives individually, for our city, for our community, and for nations. So it is our honest prayer, it is our prayer and desire for all of us to be equipped, all of God's people to empower with the Holy Spirit for awakening and revival. So again and again we say, Lord, do it again. That's a simple and yet powerful prayer. So as we said again last couple weeks, revival is the work of the Holy Spirit. We cannot manufacture it we cannot program it, but in yet we can gather, prepare ourselves, prepare our minds and hearts to align, to be aligned with the Holy Spirit. How do we prepare ourselves? With the prayer, with the repentance. So we are praying for the outpouring of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit be upon us. So, the main theme of the revival is about people, the church, to focus on Jesus and, and focusing on the presence of the Holy Spirit. When we seek the kingdom of God first, and other things shall be added unto us. So, that's what we have been talking about. Because revival is transformational, it changes us and changes our city. So last Sunday, Pastor John talked about prayer, and we prayed together. That was a powerful message of a prayer. Because there is no revival without prayer, and prayer precedes revival. And prayer and repentance are the foundational steps for revival and spiritual awakening. The genuine prayer of repentance moves God's heart. This kind of repentance is not forced. We cannot program it. Pointing fingers at someone, pointing fingers at sinners doesn't lead people to repent. Satan, devils, always condemn God's people. But God never condemns us, but God convicts our heart, leads us to the loving kindness of God. Because the loving kindness of God leads people to turn to Jesus, but by the Holy Spirit. And God gives us desire for us to pray for the kingdom of God. So we become more like Jesus. More like Jesus means more love, more grace, more mercy, and holy, being holy. This is how we gather wood for revival fire, love and holiness. Actually, holiness is in our DNA. It's in our DNA. Once we accept Jesus Christ into our heart, Holy Spirit lives in us. So we become God's holy people. We're not perfect. We're going to talk about the perfection in love. We're going to talk about that later on. But we, as a become, as a children of God, holiness is in our DNA. And that is our Wesleyan root. John Wesley's Methodist root is the holiness movement. The holiness movement spread all over England and America. By the 1800s, holiness was the most powerful movement in America. It transformed the society, industry, family, even educational system. So holiness movement is unto God. It's not to show off. It it has nothing to do with how we are being show off because we are holier than you. It has nothing to do with it. It's about holiness unto the Lord. So holiness unto God is, is written and I went to, a we, few of our staff went to Edgebury when, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came upon that uh, university. So when we go to a huge auditorium, the top of this uh, the building and the auditorium say, holiness unto God. I love that word, holiness unto God. So the founders of the university and the seminary and also uh, Edgebury, they knew the importance of holiness of God, holiness unto the Lord. And no wonder Asbury has a history of a revival movement because they're seeking what is the most important things for God's people. So let's think about holiness. There are three core beliefs of the holiness movement. By the end of this sermon, I just prayed for all of you to love the word holiness and we are going to walk together the life of holiness. So we need to have a a better understanding. We know what holiness means, but let's think about it a little bit more in practical terms because it's not far from us, it's in us. So, the core beliefs of the holiness movement first, one is God purifies. God removed the sin nature by the blood of the Lamb, blood of Jesus Christ. We cannot purify ourselves, but God, Jesus, who died on the cross for us. There's a power in the blood of the lamb, but there's power in Jesus Christ. Once we accept Jesus Christ into our heart, we are being cleansed, we are washed, we are being purified. So it is God who purifies, who cleanses us, who washes our sins. It's not our good work, it is the the work of God on the cross. So God, God is the one to purify us. So anyone is in Christ, I want you to know, we, you are washed. You are pure, purified in Christ. Number two, we are forgiven. That's what it is. We are being forgiven. Not only we our sins are forgiven by Jesus Christ, but in yet, once we are forgiven, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So for Christians to be filled with the Holy Spirit is not an option. It's a desire. Yeah, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the, the Spirit of living God. And once we are forgiven and, and the Christ lives in us and the, the, uh, God is calling us to be holy, set apart, live holy life, total consecration before the Lord, be perfect in love. So we're going to talk about being perfect in love later on. So we are here together to live the life of holiness by the Holy Spirit. So holiness movement is about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit and being holy unto the Lord and have a relationship with God and with one another. Because God said, I am holy and be holy. So holiness is the whole of the Jewish and Christian understanding of who God is. It is first and foremost Root of the core of God's being. So, holiness lies at the heart of a biblical teaching. It's the central to the life of God's people. God is holy as much as God is love. You know, sometimes we can, we understand our mind we but in it, sometimes it's sometimes hard to grasp the holiness of God in the gospel. The gospel in John 316 say God so loved the word he gave his only son Jesus so whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die, but have eternal life with Christ. Because sin destroys people sin is unholy and God cleans unholiness in Christ because he took, Jesus took all the unholy, unholiness things on the cross. So therefore anyone in Christ will become holy. You see, no one can see the love of god apart from understanding the holiness of god so when we see the cross we see god's love we see god is holy yeah without understanding that god's love and holiness we don't understand the gospel why he had to die on the cross so what is it? we talk about this for 5 minutes so what is god's name God, we say God, is, in the Old Testament, um, God said, I am who I am. So what does this mean? I am who I am means God is holy. Let's read Isaiah chapter 57, 15. It says, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhibits eternity, whose name is holy. So God's name is holy, yeah. And Psalm 99 verse 5, holy is He, even Jesus say in the Lord's prayer, he said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, holy is your name. So his name is holy. In Revelation chapter four, all the creatures and the 24 elders lay down their crown at the feet and, and and the throne of God and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The mighty who was, who is, who is to come. So God is holy, his name is holy. So, holiness of God is being, and that's his nature, that's essence. Our God, our mighty, amazing, good, and faithful God, is so pure, so perfect, so perfect, and so holy, so loving. So how can we fathom, how can we comprehend this amazing holiness of God? You know, we have learned from the Bible that God's light is so bright, so extremely holy, and so so just so amazing. We just cannot understand. So I I was thinking about this. God is being so holy. So what does this, so what does it look like? I mean, yeah, it's a bright light. So I was thinking about from the scripture, uh, Saul. Saul was a Pharisee and he was, before he met Christ, he was a Christian hater. He persecuted Christians. So he was on a mission to persecute Christians. So he was on his way to Damascus. As he was going to Damascus to persecute Christians, put Christians in jail, he saw the bright light of Jesus Christ. At the time, he was not with Jesus. He did not believe it, and he saw the light, and his eyes got blind. He was blind for three days. And I was thinking about that. I said, wow. Because God, when we he was just so holy and so bright and so glorious. The sinful people, when we look at God, we just become blind. We cannot handle it. So when you look at the sun, today is kind of cloudy. But when bright sunny day at 12 o'clock, you go out and look at the sun for one hour. What's going to happen? And I was thinking about this. Like For me, it helps me to understand wow of God. But the good news is, Jesus Christ, who came for us, so we can look at, able to see Jesus, able to see God, Holy God, because Holy God, Holy Spirit is in us, He bridges the gap for us. Our Father, amazing God, in Christ we can approach the Most Holy God. So since we become holy people. We are called to live differently. So if I ask you, are you holy? What would you say? Yes. That's right, because sometimes we say, when you say, are you holy? I say, oh, God is so holy. I'm not perfect. How can I say I'm holy? No, when Holy Spirit lives in us, we have a DNA, holy DNA. It does not mean we are perfect, right? We are being sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. So when I ask you, are you holy people? You say, yes. Yes. You are saint. We are saint because of Jesus Christ. I didn't say we are perfect. We're gonna talk about being perfect. So our identity as a holy people. So, So God expects God's people to live a holy life. It's not punishment. It's not judgment. It's a privilege. It is a privilege and God's call in our lives to live the life of holiness because Holy Spirit lives in us. So 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us what we need to do. Verse 14 and 16, As obedient children, we are children of God. We are obedient to his word. He said, Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Two weeks ago, I talked about being ignorant. When I lived in Korea, I did not believe in Jesus Christ. So I acted very foolishly. I was being ignorant because I did not know the gospel. But now, once we become Christ followers, we do not follow the same evil old desire as we did in the past. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. So what does it? mean to be holy? Not only we have a spirit of God lives in us, so we be holy in all we do. Be holy because God say, I am holy. Because we are holy people, therefore God has an expectation for God's people. Let's kind of review the word. I mean, we know in our head, I want us to by the Holy Spirit, really grasp and comprehend. In a holy, being holy is used in many different ways in the Old and New Testaments. Uh, set apart, devoted to God. Sanctuary, I say I'm here, You, we are in the sanctuary to worship the Lord. San- sanctuary is a holy place, right? Sanctuary, it's a holy place. Not only this is a holy place, because the presence of God is here, because God's people are here to worship the Lord, because the Holy Spirit lives in us. So nowadays, you are sanctuary. This is a holy temple of God, because Christ lives in us. So this is a holy place. So we live a holy life. And so this means we, do not, we, are not prof- we don't speak profanity. And we all of us set apart consecrated unto the Lord we are devoted unto God's kingdom for God's the ways of life so Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12 present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice unto God not to show off not to tell other people I'm better than you No, it's unto God. It's because we have relationship with God. So we offer everything we do unto the Lord. So life of holiness is to live a life away from sin. Sin is unholy. And sin separates us from God. So we need to walk away from sin. We are washed, our sins are washed. But we are living in an imperfect world. This is the broken, imperfect world, living with imperfect people. We are imperfect people, so we do things, but and yet we walk away from sin, the lifestyle of sin by the Holy Spirit, because God is the one to convict us. I want to share the story of Steve Manuel. Some of you may know him. Um, he comes to Salem campus, and uh, he uh, leads the worship this uh, once a month. He's, he was in Texas about two months ago. And his father's funeral service, he said he came back. He said, Sully, I am so proud of my father." I said, "Really? I love my father. I respect my father. Um, he's in, in heaven. He is a good follower of Christ, but he loves to play golf." He said he plays golf with his buddy, his friends. and and whenever if you how many of you are golfers? I do not know, but we, if you hit bad ball, what do you? Uh, Did you say praise the Lord when you hit the bad ball? Probably not, right? I haven't seen. My husband plays golf, and I went to golf, golf field a couple of times, more than a couple of times. But whenever they have hit that ball, they don't say praise the Lord. So, so you got the, you know what I'm going, where I'm going, right? So, so Steve's father, so whenever he carries scripture in his golf bag. So whenever his friends, after they hit such a bad miss the ball, they start saying God's name in vain, and he bring out the scriptures, he read the scripture. Over and over and over, and people didn't like it at first. His friends didn't like it, but at the funeral service, they told the story. They said they appreciated him because he did it faithfully over the years. They learned not to speak anything profane. So like when we talk about the holy living, it it, it starts small, it's practice, it's habit. We used to, maybe some of us used to love to watch some kind of show, maybe it's not very holy, it's not good. Watching the pornography may not be so holy. So one step at a time, when Holy Spirit convicts us, we walk away from the old desire that's not of the Lord. We walk closer. To the Lord but in every one of us we need help because we again we are holy people it does not mean we are perfect people that's why we come together worship every Sunday that's why we come here to pray together that's what we do Bible study that's what we read the word that's what we say God we need you because we are growing together again in Christ there's no condemnation in Christ there's a conviction So we pray and we repent, God, you are so holy, and I want to be holy. And we are doing together. The church, we are here to equip God's people because you are ministers of the Lord. Did you know that? Every believer is a minister of the Lord. So we are here to equip God's people to live holy life. Because we want to see our pouring of the Holy Spirit. We want to see revival taking place. It's happening. It's happening. So we are equipping and growing together. That's how we prepare the fire. How we prepare wood for fire of revival. God is holy. God is love. It's together. It's not. It's both ends. If you, if you love Jesus, if you love God, we love the life of holiness. Because Jesus said, be perfect therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. So I'm, I am, we are not talking about being perfectionism. Being perfect is in, in love. Perfectionism is without God. Perfectionism is, you know, it's sin because it's, we want to be so perfect, achieve without God, but perfect in love is God. I need your help. So we are growing in love with God, with love with one another. So there's the big difference between perfectionism and being perfect. So how do you practice it? Think about three R's: resist the spirit of this age, resist any spirit of this world of darkness. We uh, reject the things that's not of the Lord. We just reject. Sometimes we cannot just compromise it. We got to practice it, practice it. Little bit at a time. And we return to the ways of the Lord. We return to the holiness of God. Perfection comes out of spending time with the perfect one. Jesus tells us, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that's how we do it. Somebody who hurts you, who persecutes you, who annoys you constantly, pray for them. Christian perfection and holiness comes in loving God. Holiness is fully manifested in Jesus Christ. So when we think about holiness, think about the Holy One, Jesus Christ. All his life, his crucifixion, his ministry, everything that he did, the work of the Holy Spirit, everything about Christ is holy. So when we follow the ways of the Lord, when we follow by the Holy Spirit, guidance of the Holy Spirit, we are moving toward the life of holiness. relationship. The, the, the difference with relationship is to spend time with the Lord. But religion is to try to be ritual. We, we trying to make ourselves to be holy and sometimes we are so paralyzed because if we try to do it ourselves, we become unhappy because we, every time we do things, we think we fail again and again, so we give up. But when we do it with the Lord, there's such freedom when there's the Spirit of the Lord, there's the freedom and joy and peace. So Jesus tells us, Jesus sanctified his disciples. He prayed for us even today because we have the best intercessor, Jesus Christ, the intercessor. He prays for us, and Holy Spirit prayed for us. He prayed for us this, God, Lord, sanctify them. Sanctify us with your word. So how can we be sanctified? How can we live the life of holiness? By his word by Jesus, with Christ. But the more we hang around with the people who love the Lord, the more we want to be like them, right? The so more we just follow the pattern of this word, the more we just tend to follow. So spend time with the Holy One. And holiness, it's not about behavior modification either. It's about transformation within. It comes from relationship. And holiness has nothing to do with the hypocrisy. It's unto the Lord. Because the, uh, the Jesus wasn't happy with the Pharisees and religious, spirit, religious leaders and scribes. They appeared to be holy people. Again, appeared to be. They were very ritual. And they had a holy, strict lifestyle. But internally, they weren't. And they despised people. Who were different than they were. But Jesus, on the other hand, he was the most holy person and man on planet Earth. But guess what? He attracted most um, social outcasts and sinners, um, uh, socially despised, socially dis- outcast people, like uh, uh, sinners and tax collectors and the prostitutes and a woman, and the sick, and lepers, and fishermen, very common people, the people society despise, they want to hang around with the holy man. So what do we see? When we are more close to the Lord, we can go around and just work with the people who are different than us. Because the holy attracts unholy, socially unholy people, means Am I, getting, am I losing you? A little bit, right? So uh, the, let me kind of summarize in this way. The holiness is internal. It's not a behavioral modification. Holiness comes by having relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's think about why it's necessary. Why do we need it? Let's read 2 cha- Peter chapter 3. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, and elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of a people ought you to be? You ought to live a holy and godly life as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Why does it matter? Christ, Jesus will come back. Whether we go back to the Lord before he comes and he's coming back, so our lives in here is like a max, maybe 100 years. That's good life, right? But in the, our life is eternal with the Christ. So we, we live the life what is most important and valuable. And the Christ tells us, God tells us to be holy. So we live life, preparing for the coming of the Lord. And uh, this, it's, it's more than just preparing for revival. So gathering wood is more than revival. We are living the life of holiness and love, because God is important, it's matter, the love is so important and matter. And he demands, he asks, he expects God's beloved children to live the life of holiness, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So revival is not the end. We say gather wood for revival, but even revival, as much as we see the millions coming to the Lord, as much as we see, want to see the city will transform by the Holy Spirit, but the revival is not the end. But Jesus Christ is the end, ultimate. He was and he eats and he eats to come. So dear friends, we are to aim higher, Because we are God's beloved and chosen people. And we are holy, beloved children. And everything we have in here is temporary. And it is about transforming lives. So Jesus, I love this phrase, Jesus could no longer be an eternal life insurance policy. And I'm hearing from people, hey, I got ticket to heaven. I'm good. I don't know how many people told me, hey, I got a ticket to heaven, I'm good. But Jesus is more than eternal salvation ticket. He expects, because he loves us so much, he wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He expects us to live the life of holiness, because that's who God is. So a couple of weeks ago, I visited this, um, one of our beloved uh, family members, Darlene, at the Hospital Center, and she, this is what she said. She, she said like, uh, you know, when I come to church on Sunday morning, I was expecting you guys to, I was expecting for altar call because I said, oh, have, not, have you not received Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior? She said, I did, but it's like there was a long time ago when I was young, I could accept Christ, but yet whenever you guys preach on Sunday morning, I feel like I want to give my life to Christ again and recommitted my life to Christ. But now I am so sick, I'm not sure whether I can go back to church. I said, how about right now? Because I was visiting her in the nursing in the hospital center. I said, how about right now? This, wherever Christ is, you can be altered. Would you want to lay down your life again and recommit your life to Christ? She said, oh, it's not the same. I want to do that in the sanctuary. I said, okay, so well, okay. I wanted to come back on Sunday morning, and then we will give you an altar call. I mean, so I was thinking, didn't we give an altar call every Sunday, right? We give an invitation, and so people to kind of come and receive a prayer and recommit their life to Christ. But somehow she said, "You guys are almost—you are almost there. You give an altar call this much, but you're not all the way down there." So I said, "Oh, so that means we have to really speak it." So I say, oh, why don't you come back on Sunday and then we will do that. And we will give you an invitation call and you come forward and we will just pray for you. She said, I will. And she passed a oh, few days ago. And I was thinking, I said, Lord. But and yet she is in heaven because she believes in Jesus Christ. So every Sunday when you come here, when you hear the scripture, you know it's an invitation. So even though if you don't come forward, you say, Lord, if you have never given your life to Christ, say, so Jesus, I open my heart. Because when we talk about the holiness and revival, the first step is, God, you are the pure. you purify my heart. I open my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Then Jesus comes into your heart and lives with you. Then you are saved. And once you accept Christ into your heart, you just say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit filling is ongoing. We leak, right? So we say, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill your church with the Holy Spirit. So you ask God to be filled. That's what the day of Pentecost happened. People gather together, they pray, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The fresh wind of the Lord, fire of God will be upon them. And 120 people gather and filled with the Holy Spirit. So we all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we, every time you come together, say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you say, use me. Let me be holy as you are holy. So I want to pray that prayer for all of us. If you feel like you want to come forward, we will be praying. For, we can receive you. If it's the first time you ever give your life to Christ, come. I will pray with you, and prayer partner will pray with you. But for all of us, I want to pray for you right now. Let's pray. So, Lord, we thank you, God, for your amazing love and your grace and mercy. Thank you, God. We open our hearts and minds. We accept you as our Lord and Savior. And once we accept you as your Lord and Savior, our sins are forgiven, and you live with us, so we become holy people. So once we are become your beloved children, and we pray all of us here today, fill us with your Holy Spirit. May the Pentecost Sunday, the revival, the presence of the Lord, our pouring be upon us today. May the Holy Spirit be upon Anderson Hills. And God, we cry out together, help us to be holy as you are holy. Give us desire and hunger so we can be holy. So thank you, Lord, we say do it again. We are yours. In Jesus' name, amen.